What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, and I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. On today's episode, happiness is key, but how do you get it? Author and happiness professor Arthur Brooks says, for starters, it's not on social media. That's like getting all of your calories from burgers and fries. You'll get too many calories, not enough nutrients, you'll get less and less and less healthy, and that's what happens when all your time is on Zoom or social media. Instead, here's where to look and how to think about your own life. The currency of your life is love and happiness. If you can't manage that, it's like you've got the worst possible P&L situation in the company you're taking over. That big think conversation plus big changes in Silicon Valley, the venture capital shop that backed Apple, Instagram, and WhatsApp is splitting up and spreading out. Sequoia's global strategy. Ten companies that are in all of these different places actually do business all of these different places. And clearly the decision here has been made not to do that. But before all that, the Apple product announcement that has us all on the edge of our seats. Virtual, that is. Wall Street Journal personal tech columnist Joanna Stern. By far, this is the best virtual or augmented reality headset out there. It's Tuesday, June 6th, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back by in three, two, one. Cue it, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And if you take a look at what's happening, there is... We do have one more thing. I'm excited to announce an entirely new AR platform with a revolutionary new product. Introducing Apple Vision Pro. Did you put one of those things on yesterday? Are we moving to Apple already? I'm so excited about it. I know. I you said that. You said you. that. Um, I thought they hit it out of the park yesterday. You did by I, looking at it? I was floored. See, for me, I was floored reality itself it. is already too augmented I th- at times. I, I thought, I mean, I, I, I was floored with what Oculus did you like. Have it, did you have it on? What do you mean? Did, did you, no, you no, but I also, you know, I watch. I mean, I, I saw. But I watch Marky, you know, Marky Brown, who I think is one of the best tech reviewers out there. I will say, I have, I think and, more highly of it today than I. And I thought is one. I think Marky is one of the few people who might have even. It's got to be good. Went on. He did a review. <coughs> if it's thirty-five hundred, they couldn't charge thirty-five hundred. It's it wasn't a pretty good. remarkable thing. So at thirty-five hundred bucks. Is a lot of people going to watch it, buy it? No, but it's the beginning. Also, it has uh, the, the name the way Pro it looks, in it, which is means it looks like Tony Stark. It's when, just so when great. When Tony Stark would sit no, there and move like, things um, around and try it on, it's just that it looks the like idea Tom of having a, you know, a, a, a scuba diving right. mask on the whole LaForge, time but, but it looks like Tom Cruise and whatever that but one it's, was. Well, it's like Tony Stark moving things around. And the idea, yeah. when, when Tim Cook said that this is the beginning of spatial computing, I believe it. I, I don't know that this is going to be the point that I jump in on it, but eventually I will. You may not get the first this. watch or the second yeah. watch, or the th- but the, by, yeah, at some is... point that you'll have one. But isn't it just That's the you're point. wearing the screen? 
This yes. is you're wearing the screen, Joe. That'd be is a that, lot that, cooler when is it's that, not that great? Face. To, what'd you say? Well, I, I mean, it, the see. things that you're doing are yeah, the same thing you do on, but I guess it's kind of cool you do it. Yeah. Look, this is why I said I think this is going to be a great benefit to Meta to be honest with you, because this thing's not going to be out of Christmas time, even for those who want the $3,500. I showed that video. By the way, the Sorkin kids watched the video, and they yeah. looked at me, and they said, Daddy, get me one. Yeah. We want one of these things. Will they get that one? No. no. We won't be buying that. Would, would I buy Eventually. The, but would I buy the Oculus for $500 now? So you could stream. Maybe. You could just sit there. No, you, I'm going to wait. You could stream you wherever you are and have a, an, a, the immersive experience just sitting down. With totally. The, watching something. Why not? Looks like and the, when they, and the once you're inside the Apple Ecos, and you can tune and, everything yeah, off, like you put you're... in the earbuds and you do that. You I'm can seeing some funny. That, by the way, that, that you can do cool. in the Oculus now. So, um, but the, no, what makes the Apple one fabulous is the Apple ecosystem. The idea that what's on your screen, on your Apple screen, will and pop up. And two billion iOS devices out there, so they've got a market for this. Already. Well, you might end up being right about this because you, and maybe you'll be end up being right about Meta, which you've you know had two years of being, three years of being wrong. I know nobody. Nobody's. Nobody's. I, I'm not going to take this to, to the por to the porn way. angle. I'm not going to do it. But I, I'm seeing things on on Twitter. Funny things about how uh, males between 18 and 30, they have they don't even date anymore, and testosterone levels are going. This is going to take it to 100. No one's ever going to go on a, a, a date again, Sorkin. Joe, think about it in this context. You like to you like sports gambling, right? You're going to be able to go to games. I haven't tried that. No, you will go, you will go to a basketball game. And you will I'll go be sitting, like, courtside. You'll sit courtside. You'll Can pay, you get on the court, maybe? You might be able to. You, you might be. You yeah. might pay 30 Can I hit three-pointers? By the way, if that is augmented reality. In, in an age <laughs> I can't. right now uh, where, the, you know, I, I say like the haves and the haves-nots between those who've been to, like, the Taylor Swift concert and not. I mean, everybody. Oh, that's like, an interesting point. Yeah. If, yeah. For all the people who are spending thousands of dollars to see Taylor Swift who can't afford to go see Taylor Swift. Right. All those screaming girls who are going to be able to actually, for maybe, I don't know, 30 to bucks, 40 bucks to actually feel like they're there or to be able to go somewhere. I mean, that's amazing. That's what, to me, that's the promise of this. Kind of cool. Can I short, I'll give you that. I'm Pretty shorting cool, Bumbler. I'm shorting Bumble. No one's going to date. Bumble? Whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, we, I think actually Bumbler will be a much more interesting service in the future. <laughs> I don't, I don't even want to get in your, I don't even want to get in your mind. I don't. Okay. Um. I, yeah, well, I think that actually once those services Tell me trans how. translate from one thing to another, it becomes more complicated. Joining us right now is Joanna Stern, senior personal technology columnist at the Wall Street Journal, a CNBC contributor. She was one of the first to tech to test, I should say, that new tech. I don't know if you had an opportunity to hear what we were saying, Joanna. I, I, I'm like jealous of you and wishing that I could put this, put this thing on. Tell us everything. What did you think? Yeah, I heard, I heard everything. Joe is upset. He's not on Bumbler. It was a great conversation. Um, <laughs> it, I, look, it, it, by far, this is the best virtual or augmented reality headset out there. That was my biggest takeaway of spending after spending 30 minutes with this. But it is still a headset. And that was sort of my, my I, I put this thing on. I saw all of this pretty cool stuff in there. Everything you saw in those demos really did feel like it was what I saw. I mean, I got to... Uh, do a FaceTime with somebody. They had a 3D hologram of them. It wasn't actually them. It was this 3D hologram. I got to put different windows up in the room I was in. I got to see my notes. I got to see messages. I got to see a Safari browsing window. I got to see 3D versions of um, movie clips and other types of things. And it was all very immersive. But at the end of it, also, my head was hurting a little bit. And I felt a little uh, nauseous. That was my, that was my question. Does it feel like you've set. got a, a diving mask on? 
through the whole thing because those things hurt my head after a while. I can't do that for more than 20 minutes. Exactly right. At the beginning of it, I thought, wow, this is the most comfortable headset I've ever worn. And then about 15, 20 minutes in, I started saying, okay, my, my nose hurts a little bit. Um, you know, kind of try to loosen the weight from it. Apple says that that is actually because they didn't have the right sizing uh, devices there. They're going to have this uh, different ways of sizing it as it comes out to launch, but they don't have that yet because this is still a, a few months out. So are you, are, if we had this conversation five years from now, let's not, talk, let's not, I mean, we can talk about whether this particular product that you tried is the thing, but historically the first one is the first one and, and it really is, two and three iterations later, which may hopefully get lighter, uh, talking about these kind of issues, or maybe the battery life gets longer. But the idea of it, conceptually, um, being in a mask of any sort, if, we, if you were a betting person five years from now, do you think that there will be a, a big market where a lot of people and families and, and people in, in the business world, that, that will be your computer of sorts? It will be your compute? I think it will be one of our computers. And this idea of spatial computing that Tim Cook was talking about, where the space around us is really the screen, right? I mean, I think it's really compelling here, too. There are no controllers. Our hands are the controllers. Our eyes are sort of the cursor. And that really made me feel like sort of the, the iPhone moment for Apple, where the sense of, like, before we had the iPhone, we had styluses that we would touch our, touch our smartphones with, right? This is, they're getting rid of that here again. And so there is a new paradigm here. And I think the the idea that, that you're talking about, Andrew, with the, the idea that we would all have these, I don't know if we're going to all have them, but I think that there are going to be some compelling use cases for these. The big question is, what is that? We saw a lot around right. work yesterday. We saw around entertainment. So that's where the developer community the has ubiqui- to come the, the ubiquity question, I remember there was a period of time when iPads came out and said, some people said, oh, well, you know, do we really need an iPad? And we have a phone already or, you know, we have a laptop or I mean, so is this just, you know, for, for those families that have a phone, talk about the ecosystem, we have a phone, we have a computer, we've got the, the, the earphones, we've got the iPads. Is this one of those things five years from now? It's definitely one of those things five years from now. And I, I mean, no doubt about that. OK, in between, maybe you can answer our, our meta question. I, there were a lot of people who said, oh. Mark Zuckerberg is dying inside as he's watching this, this thing yesterday. And he may very well have been. But there was part of me that thought, given that his uh, product costs $500 or you can get one for 100000 bucks these days, that maybe over the next year or two from a different price point, and it does some pretty cool things. It's funny. They, Apple does such a better job marketing this. Yeah, Andrew and I mind. were having this discussion, Joanna, where right. I was like, I don't want the meta thing because I want the I want. But I thought it was pretty cool where they showed the lady on the on the on the plane who put these on and put the the earphones in. And, and, right. Know, and I said, well, you can already said, do that on the, on the meta. Thing. And I said, well, the meta sucks because they don't market this the right way if you can actually do that. Look, I think Meta's headed towards being the Android of this world. That means they're more accessible, they're more affordable to people, and it gets people understanding that, okay, there, there's a thing I can try that Apple has, but I have to get the lower cost one, right? That's really what Android became of the smartphone So are world. they Android or are they Microsoft, where they've got Bing and every other second-rate thing that nobody picks up? Well, that's well, the Microsoft. big question. Are we going to have a three, oh. are we gonna have a three race here? Microsoft have phone? A three leg- yeah. Well, that, I, right. I guess that... That's part of the question. Give us a couple of other things that I, that I think people are interested in. One of the other pieces of this is, you know, Meta focused so much on these avatars. And I think a lot of people thought that that was very cartoonish. One of the things that Apple did was there was no sort of avatars except for what you do when you're on FaceTime, which is to say that when you're talking to someone on FaceTime, somehow they have to project an image of you on FaceTime. And there is this sort of 
image capture thing going on. Can you explain it to everybody? Yeah, so I got to see this in action. I didn't get to scan my face and I didn't get to create my own FaceTime hologram of myself, but I got to FaceTime with somebody else, an Apple employee. And really, it, what what's really compelling here is that it's 3D, right? There's depth to this image. And so to do that, they have to scan your face and you use the headset to scan your face. We saw this during the keynote. You scan your face. It really picks up on all of the, the attributes of your face. And then when you're talking, you're able to actually see 3D version of that, but also you're able to, re it really mimics all the facial expressions. So this, I asked this woman as I was talking to her, I said, can you, you know, smile? Can you frown? Can you hold up your hands? I wanted to make sure she was real. I asked right. her to stick out her tongue. She was a little bit weirded out by that. Um, but all of that works, right? And so it was really, it really felt like, okay, this person is is here. Now I didn't get the rest of their body. And of course, I think over time we're gonna get more of this. But and you like that this better is like than the holographic what you, future. And you this like is, that better than, than what you saw in terms of the avatars that are created, which are a little more cartoonish at this point, but I think purposely so on meta. Yes, but on the avatars on Meta, you can actually be in your space. It, it's sort of like you can, you're can you in VR with them. This is much more of an AR experience where you're seeing the window hover of the of the right. FaceTime person, but still very compelling. And I'd say the coolest thing about this demo, too, is the fact that I had this woman hovering on one side, and then she was presenting something to me in Apple's Freeform app, so presenting, a, a, moving some things around, and I was able to con to contribute with her. So really, the, I, right. I was really blown away sort of about the the focus on work for this thing. And I, talking about the use cases here, I think that's one that's natural and obviously works in with the Mac community that's already there. So that makes sense. Final question for you, since you're out there with all the developers at, that are developing on top of this platform, and that's the most important part of all of what happened yesterday and what's going to happen hopefully over the next six months for them for this to work. Did you get a sense that the developers were excited about it, that they wanted to um, build apps for this, that they intend to do that? or that they have a wait and see approach to this, that they're ra you know, racing to this? What's the, what's the sort of feeling? My head was literally in the headset most of yesterday, so I didn't get to talk to many, but at least the reaction in the room or the, the quote unquote room, even though we were all watching this presentation on a, a big movie screen, um, was there was a lot of applause, there was a lot of excitement. And whenever Apple enters a new category, there's excitement from the developer community. So hoping to find out more today, but I would, I would expect many today are going to the sessions here to learn about how to code for this thing. We look forward to uh, following all of this, Joanna, and hope you come on back to, uh, to tell us where things go as it progresses. Thanks. See ya. So you can code with AI to put stuff on this, I guess. Yeah. Jesus, I got to, I don't know. Uh, look, the, I don't care about how the back end works. The front end looked pretty cool. From things I want, I don't want to be on Bumbler. It's just nobody's going to need to be. On, or Bumbler could be like amazing, as you are now. That's what I'm suggesting to, to you. Well, I've never. I don't know. And you can like swipe right. I don't know. <laughs> like, like with your. I'm a married man with great kids, but you know what? If you were 20, this thing Bumbler. would be something. I'm just saying something. Uh, or you can never leave your house which is what I'm worried about. Testosterone levels are almost zero already for our youth. We'll never have any more babies hook up anymore. Uh, life always finds a way. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, that's Jurassic Park? <laughs> Jurassic Park, Park. I'm, you caught the reference. I'm of course. Cheese will be next. Up next on Squawk Pod, 
cracking the code to a happy and fulfilled life. It's a tall order, but writer, podcaster, and happiness professor at Harvard, Arthur Brooks, says a couple of small steps could help you get there. You have to have spaces in your life where you actually don't have your devices. You go some, like the bathroom. Don't take your devices to the bathroom. The best place for the iPhone. Gross. A happiness column, a podcast, and now a new book with Oprah. You're Ted Lasso, but you're not a wanker. <laughs> We're back right after this. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Stand by, Joe. His mic. Q. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box uh, here on CNBC Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin. It's Tuesday. Are you here tomorrow, Thursday and Friday? Yep. All of us? That's, wow. It's graduation season. Our next guest has advice for recent grads on finding a job and finding happiness. Let's welcome Arthur Brooks, AEI President Emeritus. He's now uh, with Harvard. Uh, as professor and senior fellow, writes uh, the How to Build a Life column for The Atlantic, and his next book, due out this September, uh, is Build the Life You Want, co-authored with Oprah Winfrey. Thanks for joining us. Delighted to see you. How awesome. are you? Always yeah. super excited about this. Yeah, me too. Always harken back to uh, the easiest $200 that Sorkin ever made was when I paid you to read one of his books. <laughs> yep. Dollar a page, and he charged me for the appendix. Yep. Did you read Footnotes. the appendix? For the fo- yeah, of course he, I did. I wanted the money. He says he You're did. An he, he paid through. <laughs> but all, all, what I have always gleaned from the books that, that I've read of yours, and I, I think if, if we could just get everyone to, to endorse this viewpoint, is that the dignity of life that comes through, through work and, yeah. and the satisfaction that you get uh, through earning a living and succeeding and, and the happiness that really can only come from something like that. And I think we lose sight of that a lot. Yeah, for sure. Can you do that? Back to Andrew. Can you do that at home, playing around on your computer and you know, taking a bathroom break every five minutes and screwing off and not really doing anything at home? Or do you need to come in <laughs> to be happy and do a, get a real job? Well, different strokes. Charming Different strokes. But one of the things that we do see, because I study the science of Can happiness. Can remote work do it? No. I mean, I've been teaching this. I mean, I've been teaching, uh, you know, the science of happiness based on the neuroscience and social science of happiness, which is an exploding field for the last four years really? at Harvard. Yeah. How and, come no one's happy? Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Some people are. No, I am. Just, uh, and, and one of the things that you find very clearly is that the, the, the secret of happiness is love. It's relationships with people. And, and there's this neurophysiology to that that's very interesting. There's a, a hormone called oxytocin in the human brain mm -hmm. that comes from eye contact and touch, and you get almost none of it virtually. There's just a trickle of that that comes along. And so the reason yeah. that people will binge social media is because they're lonely, because they have a deficit of this oxytocin hormone. So they go online and they, they try to get contact, but it's like getting all of your calories from burgers and fries. You'll get too many calories, not enough nutrients, you'll get less and less and less healthy, and that's what happens when all your time is on Zoom or social media and so right. forth and so on. We need more human contact how than we, we're getting. How do you reduce the, the sort of human nature of, of scrolling? Yeah. Doom scrolling, whatever scrolling you want to describe it as. But I find myself, unfortunately, and I like to think I'm cognizant of the yeah. problem, you know, I even have timers on it. So, I'm, you know, after 15 minutes, it's supposed to stop me from doing it. Right. And then I say, you know, That's uh, weird. I give, me, give me temporary extra time. Yeah. And I'm doing it to myself. It's not, I'm like treating myself like a child. Yeah. I, I look at what Twitter, do do? Drudge, and CBS Sports, and I'm done. What yeah. are you looking at? Yeah, well, you have... <laughs> but how much time on Twitter? What, uh, I hate Twitter. Yeah, not, but not too much, much, right? More than you want, probably. I get so, Not oh, as much as, as people think. I yeah. Think. Well, it's a, it's a problem because there's a, a different set of right. circuits in the brain. But so how they, would you undo that? Well, the dopamine mm -hmm. circuits are uh, they're, they're behind all addiction. There's a very nice book out um, by Anna Lemke at Stanford called Dopamine Nation. It talks right. about how almost everything that we do compulsively has this dopamine problem behind it. That's a neurotransmitter of mm -hmm. anticipation of reward. Pleasure. You can get it from food. You can get it from drugs. You can get it from pornography. You can get mm -hmm. it from Twitter. Right. You can get it from all of these particular things. And so you have to intervene. I don't think by, you get it from Twitter much. You can. You do. Oh. You get a lot of it from Twitter, and that's actually why social media dopamine. is so addictive. Right. So a couple of different things to do. The, the timers are okay. You need to have other people hold you accountable, number one. Number two, you have to have spaces in your life where you actually don't have your devices. You go some like the bathroom. Dinner don't table. take your devices to the bathroom. The number, best place for the iPhone. <laughs> and the, number three is to turn your screen to black and white. Right. Because that actually will stimulate less dopamine when you're using it. It'll be less. You you'll do be less addicted to the to the apps that you're using. And so these things actually help a lot. But you also have to be conscious of the decisions that you're trying to make. And at least once a year. You should take probably at least a month away from all of these apps. Delete them all <coughs> off your phone. That's a really you need good a, idea. You need a fast is what it comes down to because that will reset a lot of these dopamine. Get rid of that right. and just put on your Apple new thing and just sit there for a month. And that'll, that'll <laughs> cure you of all your... Uh, uh, that could lead to any new problems, right? Yeah, no, that'll, that'll be great. I, I realize you remind me a little bit of Ted Lasso. You have a very positive mental attitude. Yeah. How hard do you have to work at that? Well, part of it is that one, the, the, one of the great secrets to happiness is teaching happiness for a couple of different reasons. Number one is I'm reminding myself of all the happiness hygiene that comes from the science constantly. You know, you, you, you know, there's this old teaching method about how to learn something very quickly. You teach it to another person. That's called the plastic platypus method, believe it or not. It's because in mm. these old re research, they used to have people teach something to literally a plastic platypus. It doesn't matter. It could be a rubber ducky or a bowling ball. But if you teach something, you explain something, you get it forever. My secret to happiness is teaching happiness. That's the reason that what I do all day is I talk to executives and you know, people in leadership positions, not so they can be happier, but they can be happiness teachers in their work. Everybody watching, look, this is the best show for business. Uh, every you know, good CEO is watching the show right now. If they start thinking of themselves as happiness teachers, learning about the happiness science, trying to embed it in the work that they do every day, they will get happier. Their marriages will be better. Their relationships with their kids will be better. Their work-life balance will be better. Like magic, 
It's because they're explaining these ideas to All us. All right, who's the best patient you ever had, the best who's, student you ever had? And who's so my, I, I have these phenomenal students at Harvard, these MBAs. I have 180 MBAs with a few hundred on the waiting list, and there's a secret Zoom link they think I don't know about to the class. <laughs> and, and my students are great because they're in the second semester of their last year. They're getting ready to go out in the workforce, and these 180 come into my class because they realize that something is actually missing from their lives. They're really good at learning about business. They're not very good at managing themselves with respect to the happiness that they want. Look, the currency of the real startup is the enterprise of your life. You know, you're Andrew Inc., that's you. I mean, the whole startup is you. The currency of your life is love and happiness. If you can't manage that, it's like you've got the worst possible P&L situation in a company you're taking over. So that's what I teach them, business right. principles. He really does yourself. have an Andrew Inc. I'm Joe surprised that you were, that's amazing <laughs> that you knew that. I, I know you he really does. I, I know you can't, <laughs> he really does have I an Andrew I know you can't teach it in two minutes, yeah. but if you, were, a conglomerate. if you were to teach the audience yeah. two or three actual things that they could do right, right now, or at least think about, right. so that they can go off on their day and at least try to do something that would change their life. So you need, okay, good, two minutes, we got two minutes. So there's a happiness 401k plan, basically. That, so don't try to control all of it. Half your happiness is genetic, your mother literally made you unhappy, et cetera. Some of it's circumstantial. <laughs> you know. But 25% of your happiness is directly under control if you do four things every day. Okay. Okay, number one, you need to take care of your spiritual or faith or philosophical life. You don't have to, look, I'm Catholic, it's the most important thing in my life. Don't but say anything it's dirty. It's not the only way. Don't what? say anything dirty. I don't know what your personal habits no, are. No, no, go no, ahead. No. Okay. So you need to do something that's bigger than you. You need to right. focus on something bigger than yourself, faith or philosophy or walking in nature, or whatever it is, every day. Two, family. One in six Americans are not talking to a family member today because of oh politics, God. which is insanity. There's only one reason to let that schism happen, which is abuse. Okay. And political differences are not abuse. Newsflash right. to America. Number three is friendship. And I'm talking about, look, this is a business audience, not deal friends, real friends. We know the difference between the two. You know, deal friends are useful. Real friends are beautifully useless. Can your family be your, your no, friends? No, no, it's different. Oh, I, the I apex of family, <laughs> by the way, the and apex of the family friend. and friendship is your spouse. Yeah, so that's, that's the apex I'm... of those two. Oh, okay. Right. So, right. so those are the only inter really intersecting point. And last but not least is your work. Your work only has to have two characteristics. Those do not include money or power or the admiration of others. They include earned success, which we have talked about on the show a hundred times. Yeah and serving other people. Earn success means you're, you're accomplishing something. You have recognition right. for what's happening. That's the reason that the free enterprise system is bar none we, a happiness system for we the take, economy. We take ownership and credit for the debt ceiling bill because we've had everybody on, yeah. talked to everybody. We had Hakeem Jeffries and Kevin McCarthy on at the same time. So that's, that we did that. I, what, well, the reason I went to this is is there a glimmer of hope yeah. that Biden and, and McCarthy said nice things about each other? You've been, I always say you're failing miserably in terms of, bringing this, <laughs> of curing the schism of the political divide in this country. But is that a glimmer of hope? Yes, of course. Of course there's a glimmer of hope. There's we always did a glimmer of hope. But one, one thing about politics, by the way, if you look at what the real political situation is in this country, you've got to look at state and local, at mayors and county executives and what's going on in the real America, not Washington, D.C. And you see more and more interesting bipartisan activity. You see more and more do, people coming together. but it seems more fragmented. No, nah. I mean, no, no. Really? Look, I, I find more creative activity. I am but more You're going to fix San Francisco? Yeah, that's not a good example. But if you do actually go to other places around America, you can find it all over the place. You can find people that are working together to make their he cities. Will you, you come back every week? Yeah. I yeah. feel better 
having yeah. you here. But anyway, like, but we faith, family, family friends, and work. Yeah, you're Ted Lasso, but you're working on these four things, folks. You're Ted Lasso, but you're not a wanker. What's that? <laughs> you're Ted Lasso, but you're not a wanker. No, you're here, you're there, you're every freaking where, we'll yeah. say. Hey, come back. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it's great it. Who wrote more of the book? book? You are Oprah. Um, what's that? Who wrote more of the book? You it was, Oprah. I did the science part, and she talked about the, the life experience part. We come at it from different angles. She's the best, best literary partner you'll I've come ever back. had. You'll come back great. with that. I will. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Stick around. After this break, the rest of the business stories that got us going today. The SEC is suing Binance, and famed venture capital fund Sequoia is making a big change. What this really says actually about geopolitics across the world is they're effectively breaking into a Silicon Valley or U.S. Europe fund, a China fund, and an India fund. Squawk Pod will be right back. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Welcome back to Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Andrew with the rest of the stories that got us squawking today. SEC has now filed 13 charges against Binance, the world's largest crypto exchange, as well as its founder, CZ, alleging both commingling of billions of dollars worth of user funds. The SEC saying Binance sent those funds to a European company controlled by CZ. It also says that uh, he and his exchange worked to subvert their own controls to allow high net worth U.S. investors and customers to continue trading on Binance's unregulated international exchange, oftentimes through VPNs. Those are those virtual private networks that people set up on their computers to access uh, computers elsewhere and pretend they're elsewhere. Uh, the SEC accusing Binance of what's called wash trading with itself to artificially prop up the price of crypto assets in certain cases. Uh, Zhao, CZ, uh, dismissing the charges by tweeting the number four popular refrain in Binance's community urging users to ignore fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Binance later published a blog, it's a long blog post, saying it was disappointed with the SEC, uh, chose, uh, cho- choosing to file the complaint and saying it engaged in extensive good faith discussions to reach a negotiated settlement to resolve their investigations. It says the SEC abandoned that process. And as Joe mentioned earlier, you can take a look at Bitcoin uh, right now down at $25,764, but lots to uh, pick over there. I mean, this has been um, so many of the elements of this case had been um, signaled prior. I mean, from Gary Gensler, when we were talking about uh, SBF, I don't know how many of the sort of SBF FTX issues we want to put in the same bucket. Uh, some of the commingling things, I think, get, we asked get, him that like a million get, times. Get, get people. I don't remember how he answered it. He always sort of was a little slippery yeah. about whether there was any commingling. But I think the bigger issue is some of the VPN activity that we talked about. This we idea figured that, that he'd let high net worth people trade on those. Well, it's not just high net worth yeah. people. It's, yeah. It was anybody who wanted to pretend that they were in a country that was allowed to do business with them, right? That, and pretending they weren't in the U.S. That unto itself is illegal. So. You know, I think there's, there's going to be a lot that's going to come out. 
Right. I, I mean, this is an important case, too, because it's going to set the tone for what's allowed and what's not. I think the SEC has a lot riding on this on uh, making sure that they can say that these are the rules of the road. If you don't follow them, you will be prosecuted. I'm, I'm always well, I'm still struck with what it means for the underlying assets, though. And it's like if you if you thought that uh, Stratton Oakmont represented right. stocks, stocks should go to zero. But did Stratton? Oakmont have any, you know, okay, but, to, yeah. but does wash trades, I mean, does that represent what's happening in crypto, in broader crypto Is it prop up coins? the price? Is well, it, that's the other piece of it. Right. And, then the, and then the other piece, which I, I thought you were alluding to, is if you have, you know, this case plus the FTX case, you'd think it would, it would really tell us where the SEC is. But then, meantime, the SEC is now going after Coinbase, which is a U.S.-based company, right. which I would have thought if anyone was the winner that was doing it at least somewhat right, I don't know what you think right is these days, that they, they would be the beneficiary of all this. Point, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe not anymore because a lot of the assets or crypto or whatever you want to I don't know what you want to describe them as, are going to be on that platform. Look, I mean, this is almost the fake it till you make it sort of thing playing out, move fast and break things, meets the regulatory yep. oversight that is, it may be slow in getting here, but it's, it, it's <clears> you know, like one of those huge... Uh, Uber in the early days. Well, I, I was just thinking of like the ice age when you saw how far down the ice came. It comes slow, but it, it you know, mows things over, bowls through mountains and, and collapses things. This is once the regulators get there, it doesn't really matter. If they don't like what you're doing, you're going to have a serious problem. Can you do something somewhat right? I don't know whether that's actually, uh, I don't know if there's gradations of right. What's, uh, Under it, the law, you mean? No, it just in, in general, you either do things right or you don't. Uh, I think it's not like. Uh, I, although I would argue there is some shades here of because right. we, we don't know what the rules although are. Although there are nuances in, in everything. What about There's no laws? Right. It's sort of hard to break them. What the fourth thing? I'm trying to figure out what. I mean, fear, uncertainty, and doubt is like three things, isn't it? What's the? <laughs> Five. Is there the? Yes. Is there the fourth? <laughs> is there a fourth thing we're supposed to ignore, or is it just? Do I not understand what it what it means? I see. You said it meant don't, uh, it's ignore, ignore fear, fear uncertainty. Ignore fear, ignore, ignore. fear, One's a verb and the other's I, the, you I know, fud. No. Hmm? I FUD? I FUD. Yeah, and it, it's not the, uh, an acronym, it's not the initials. It's, okay, so you, you, the verb to ignore these three things. You're I, I just think it's interesting, like tweeting messages like four, like, you know power to the people type of thing. Okay, okay, do what you want with that. But if you're somebody who's trading on these issues, understand that the regulators are coming. Yeah. Sequoia, the famous venture capital fund uh, behind uh, investments like WhatsApp and Airbnb and Zoom and also TikTok, mm-hmm. is breaking up into three different funds and <laughs> three different companies. Um, importantly, what this really says actually about geopolitics across the world is they're effectively uh, breaking into a Silicon Valley or U.S. Europe fund, a China fund, uh, and an India fund um, as three effectively different companies. This is a company, probably the most storied Silicon Valley firm in the, in the world. Um, they had investments in China for a very, very long time. But we keep talking about the idea that geopolitically, and I, I think they're trying to downplay this piece of it, but the geopolitically can companies that are in all of these different places actually do business all of these different places. And clearly, the decision here has been made uh, not to do that. 
which is to say, it, how does it, how would it work? Three different pots, but they be, all report they're no, completely separate businesses. This is, there's the, now that's the point. The point wow. is that Sequoia, which has long wow. been one one company, and there have been separate funds. I don't want to say there there have been separate funds. There's been a China fund. Split, and one this would operate in China, one would is, operate in India. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the idea that that Sequoia, which has been as you said, uh, behind some of the biggest tech companies in the world over the past two decades, three decades now. Uh, now breaking up. And what, it, what that says, though, about other companies, both from an investment perspective, deciding to break up and I mean, potentially what to, operate. I mean, it's easier to do it. It's from, easier to do for an investment company for an investment than company. for an Apple or a Nike or a Tesla, right. where you're relying on manufacturing that you produce right. there and bring things now, back. They say they're doing this because there's um, different conflicts between the funds and there's brand confusion and other things. They seem to be trying to downplay, I think, the geopolitical issue but nonetheless, the geopolitical issue is the thing that's going to be hanging over this uh, this announcement, but also maybe raises the question whether others will follow suit. So. You know, it, interesting. It was unrelated, but then when you said Sequoia, it brought me back to Sam Bankman-Fried. They were an early <laughs> investor uh, in, in, in FTX as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I, when I've asked people what kind of tree would you be, that's the answer we should have come up with. Sequoia? A sequoia. It grows very tall. So the sky lives forever. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm taking that. Well, oak's pretty good. You can you can sit on top of a tree, mighty your, oak, wearing your uh, wearing your your apple. Uh, you don't need notes. to be on top of a tree. You can feel like you're on. That's top my of point. A tree. That's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. You know the best part of listening to a podcast. You are not looking at a screen. So in the spirit of pursuing less screen time and more happiness like Arthur Brooks, take a couple of walks this week and take us with you. Click that follow button. Consider our push notification a little nudge to step away from your computer and get caught up with the biggest names in business and politics. Of course, our TV broadcast Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. We'll meet you back here tomorrow with the highlights from that three-hour show. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.